Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the narrators that perform them. Brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 26 of the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast. Today, I'm chatting with author Michelle Major. Welcome, Michelle, to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? good i'm excited to chat with you talk about all your books and all your stuff so why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself how long you've been writing and how you got started great um i would love to and so this is i'm i'm terrible with dates because i feel like (laughs) those are math and as an author I, i i i I know that's a crutch, but I'm bad with math, but I know the year is 2023. So this is actually my 10 year anniversary of being published. Um, I, my first book came out in February of 2013 and um, which was pretty exciting. It's even more exciting now, 55 books later. Mm -hmm. Um, And I came to writing. I'd always been a reader. I'd always loved to write. um, But it wasn't until I developed this huge fear of flying and I had to fly for my corporate job. And I picked up a romance novel in an airport bookstore in Denver. And um, it was one of the early Bridgertons. And it totally captivated me and I forgot to be anxious or afraid or notice the turbulence going over the mountains. And I also (laughs) thought, Oh my gosh, this, these are the stories in, in my head. This is what I want to do. This is my dream career. And I, you know, I was, I was 30 at the time and I thought I had a career, but um, pivot and, so, you know, it took a little while and a lot of rejections, but um, here I am and I'm, I'm super excited about it. Well, congratulations on 10 years and 55 books. Wow. <laughs> That's a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, sometimes that we you know we always devour the books usually when um, an author republishes it and that we love it or and also one that we've been waiting for, which seems to always we're always waiting for that one book. But we devour them so quickly. And sometimes, I mean, there's a lot that goes into writing it. And sometimes we forget that. <laughs> so, because we devour and we're like, so, hey, Michelle, when's the next one coming out? <laughs> and you're like, I, I just right? finished this I, one. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm a reader too. So I do the same thing with, you know, some of my favorite authors. Or I know I've had readers contact me, um, you know, who have asked can you tell me when the last book in the series is going to come out? Because they actually don't like to start reading the series until they know they can, you know, they can devour Mm. the whole thing because they don't want to have to wait, which um, I think is a really interesting way to way to read. Yeah, it is. Usually that question for me becomes if it's like a bit of a cliffhanger ish or like a, like a serial where, it's a trilogy, and so all three books go over the arc to find that happily ever after of sorts. Yes. That's kind of like where I want to know when it comes out to bigger series or things. I, I mean, I, I will admit, if I start a new book series or a new author to me and the series ends up having like 20 books, I get a little scared. Right? It's a big commitment, right? Yes, thank yes. you. Thank you. It is such a huge commitment. And also you're going... This could either take a very little time, <laughs> right? Or it's going to take me a it's, while. <laughs> it's the same with, I mean, I feel like it's, you know, parallel to, to watching a show. And yes. now we're so used to, I mean, very quickly have become used to like the Netflix way of, you know, dropping a whole season. And mm-hmm. so you just feel like you need to binge. And my husband and I were watching something on Apple TV. I, don't, I can't even remember what it was. But, you know, we were like, oh, wait, we have to wait a week for like the like the old days. Right? So um, <laughs> it's the same with books. Yeah, I think of this from a streaming perspective. A lot of the l- people are learning that we will subscribe for a trial <laughs> for free yeah. and binge on a series and finish it in two days uh, where right. now that's why they're dropping them like the good old days and we have to wait a week um and it is a bit frustrating but at the same time i i personally i'm like i have something to look forward to i can't wait 
Uh, so right. it's one of those. Well, and from an author standpoint, I love it because I feel like through the books, you know, I've gotten to know either on social media or behind the scenes or meeting readers in person at a conference. Um, you know, I, I like having the books or a series spread out a little bit because I feel like, you know, you, you do get to know the characters and then there is that exciting anticipation and I get to know the readers and what they like and, you know, Oh, is this person going to get a a story? And it might spur an idea in my head as well. So, Oh yeah. We do love that one character that popped into that one scene perhaps, but for whatever reason or however made an impact. And we're going back to the author saying, so are they getting a book? Exactly. Exactly. And I, oh my God, sometimes the author's like, why yes? And other times like, they're like, no. Right? <laughs> Who Wait, are you talking what about? Who yeah, that person yeah. did make an impression on me? Yes, I have had that happen before too. But it does, when you get that feedback, it helps you revisit and go, oh, okay, well maybe, you know, put, put a little post-it note in my brain and, you know, maybe we, I will circle back to that, that character. Yeah, I had one author bust out one time with who? I'm like it's a book. <laughs> what do you mean who he go in there like um there's a lot of characters in my head <laughs> and I had to explain and they're like oh them what why <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was uh I love it that but being able to talk to the authors I think it's one of the really best things that has happened and has come out of social media <laughs> is being yes. able to if when the authors are open to having those dialogues with their readers and busting out with girl <laughs> right for yeah. sure and I think from an author standpoint I mean I know I love it because it, you know especially since the the pandemic it it's already a solitary career but you know it's become even more so because you're not you know pre-times I used to go to you know, Panera or a coffee shop and meet up with writer friends. And we've just gotten out of the habit of doing that. And it feels, you know, hard to get back in the habit. So connecting with readers via social media and just, you know, knowing there are people out there that appreciate this thing that you're kind of, you know, doing all in your head and in your pajamas and you haven't brushed <laughs> your teeth for three days. Like, it means a lot. Ah, Michelle, that's a sexy visual there, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing the romance to the table. (laughs) Right? In that visual of that's exactly when that sex scene needs to be written. (laughs) (laughs) But you write contemporary romance, and I love this uh, on your bio for your website. It says, with a focus on humor, excuse me, with a focus on hope, humor, and a place to call home. And that you especially love the butterflies in the stomach feeling. Um, what made you decide to write like that for that? You know, I think um, I think it goes back to what I love to read. And I certainly, you know, I read at all heat levels and I like a good steamy sex scene when it's done well. And, you know, maybe that's why historical romance is still my favorite thing to read, because there are a lot of authors who do um those scenes very well but i think it's that that the butterflies in your stomach that anticipation you know and i think most people can remember you know the first time they fell in love or the fifth time they fell in love and it's you know that that sort of oh my gosh i'm not tired even though we stayed up all night talking and doing whatever and uh you know, so I I love to tap into that. And I also feel like real life is real life and, and we get a lot of it. But a lot of people deal with really difficult things in their real life. And I think I put an element of, you know, realistic troubles I like to, you know, pile on to my characters so they have a lot to get over and to journey through but I think the hope is very important because when when you pick up a a romance book, you know, there's that promise of the story and real life can be a be a downer. So it's nice to 
to read something where people are dealing with struggles and you see them get over it. I think it gives a little bit of um, optimism to readers. And with the um, romance, I, and I just kind of had that aha situation where I'm like, I never thought of it that way before, uh, Vivi. <laughs> with romance, we know that we're getting an HEA because that's what's supposed to romance be all about. Um, and so we understand that at the end of the of, of the book and the end of that journey, they're going to be a happily ever after. We know that the excitement and the fun for readers comes into how they get there. And that's actually really the only time in our lives that we know for a fact where it's going to end. Because in our real life day to day stuff, we have no clue. Right. We hope for a great day. We hope that it's going to be a good day for fun and XYZs. And, and even, you know, if you have that moment, because corporate world, uh, <laughs> that you, by the time you get home, blah, blah, blah. But you don't know, you don't know how your day's going to end because there's so many variables. But when you're reading that story, you know, it's going to be happily ever after. Yes. And in that way, I think, you know, as an author, I feel like I'm willing to put my characters through more because I do know I'm leading to that. And then I hope readers will go along on that journey because again, they know at the end, they're going to get that satisfying ending that hopefully, you know, leaves them with a little tear in their eye and a warm heart and all of those things. So, so when you're writing your stories, are you sitting at your desk typing or on the bed in your PJs, as you gave us that visual before, um, <laughs> And you're writing that scene where you're putting your characters through whatever the hell, hell form that it is for them at that moment in time. I kind of have this visual of the character just looking at you like saying, really, woman? Really? <laughs> and and you going, More? right? And But then you also having a little bit of a smirk and going, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I do, you know, I enjoy that. And as, as you mentioned, I do try to, I mean, I like to laugh. I have a pretty sarcastic sense of humor. So I think a lot of my female characters in particular, you know, there's a lot of of banter and back and forth. And I think that's some of my sensibility in there. So it, you know, it can lighten, lighten things up a little bit, even, even when it is really heavy, but for sure, I, when I'm crafting a story, I start with character and I really try to get to know them and what makes them tick and, you know, where their issue is. And then, you know, when I'm when I'm crafting a couple, it's like, OK, why are they perfect for each other? But why can't they be together? And how is this going to sustain the conflict over the story? And I love I love that sort of psychological part of getting into well, I mean, really, I'm only in my own head because they're all in my head, but it feels like I'm creating somebody new. That is true. It's a lot of authors have said that the characters speak to them or some of them get louder, even though it's not their book. And then when it is their right. book, they're all of a sudden silence. And it's like, really, fucker? Seriously? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of like scene stealers where I'm like, no, no, you pipe down, pipe down over there. Like we, you know, but I do think for secondary characters, you know, you can give them some of the the good lines and the the funny bits and that's that's what they're there for. So I think that's why readers, you know, will fall in love with a, a secondary character because, you know, they're getting to do all the fun stuff. Right. And then we fall in love and then we email you or send you a note on social saying so. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, stop. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm working on it. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. So where do you get your ideas for your stories? Or you were talking about characters kind of being the first thing that you think about. So how does all that, you know, commercials, you, people... How does that come about? Uh, you know, a little bit of everything. I think um, a lot of writers, and I certainly consider myself in this category, we're observers. So, you know, even if I'm in a store or a, the TSA line at the airport, I'm listening, you know, I'm eavesdropping mm-hmm. on conversations. <laughs> I'm listening to, you know, I'm watching people's movements. I think, you know, if I hear a headline of, something um one of my books the the first one set in 
Magnolia, North Carolina, the Magnolia Sisters was inspired by, you know, a sort of ancestry 23andMe story that actually happened to one of my mom's best friends where, you know, she found out when like somebody had gifted this to her for Christmas and she came back and realized that, you know, based on the the DNA, the man she thought was her father was not her father. And, you know, I think you read about those stories, but it just felt very personal. I mean, this was, a you know, somebody I'd known my whole life. And so that sort of got me thinking. And then I came up with this idea of, yeah, what if, you know, these sisters came together and they all had this connection that they didn't realize. So it's, it's, from all over little snippets of the news and you know real life and made up life and but then as soon as you kind of for me I get the kernel of an idea then I you know sort of go on walks and get in my head and see what I can what I can come up with from there and you kind of don't have to worry about when you go to places like all right is this an author watching what I'm doing (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's really true uh, hearing these conversations. I mean, we do it all the time as, as just people. You I mean, going to Starbucks can get very interesting sometimes <laughs> and uh, getting all this stuff. I can only imagine what it's like in your head when you're, you know, hearing some of these things and you're going, well, that would make a good story. I wonder where that's going to go. Um, yeah. Or- yeah. Or in your case, it's going to go a lot better in my book, though, <laughs> than it's going for it, you. <laughs> it is. And that's the fun thing, too. I'm like, OK, this is I, I'm going to take this piece that I've heard, but I'm going to make it a lot sexier and fun. And I write a lot of small town romance because I love the the community aspect and the big cast of characters. So, of course, you need to put in you know, a festival or two and a cute yes. little diner and just, you know, kind of build the world around that. Yeah, I think romance books and then the Gilmore Girls totally cemented my wanting to live in a small town with, you know, but you have everyone kind of knowing who everybody is and realizing, hey, there's a new neighbor that bought that old house. <laughs> and then yes. you're going, dun, 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 what will happen next? Uh but it, it's always fun, those it's, uh, small towns. Well, and if every small town could be modeled off of, you know, Stars Hollow from the right. Gilmore Girls, I think that would be fine with the big <laughs> town square and, you know, a, a diner with yeah. endless cups of coffee and great right? pancakes. And mm-hmm. let's go. I'm ready. I know. It's like, where is that? I think I did Google it. Because um, <laughs> sometimes you guys, you know, base uh, locations in your books and stories and TVs and stuff based off of real locations um, across the the country. And I think they said it was somewhere up north, like in Connecticut or something like that, but they took pieces and other things and recreated it. So I'm like, man, right? I'm just going to go yeah. into a Michelle book and, li- and live in there then. <laughs> there you go. There right? you go. And I will tell you in a Michelle book, everybody brushes their teeth on, on the regular. <laughs> so you're good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I had no doubt that that's what's going to happen, but thank you for confirming. Because you write in the you know contemporary romance, and romance is such an umbrella term with all these subgenres: paranormal, you mentioned historical, thriller, romantic suspense. I mean, you name it, it's under there nowadays, not including tropes, because that's a different conversation. Has there ever been a subgenre in romance that you're going, hmm, I would love to write in that? You know, I... I thought when I started that I was going to be a historical romance author because that's what I love to read. But I, I found that one, I mean, even contemporary romance, there's a lot of research that goes into it, you know, both setting and world building and careers and those details, but the details that historical authors do is unbelievable. And I think it's the same with romantic suspense where, you know, you have this or you, if you have a mystery element or a thriller element in there, you have to take that all the way through. So I am, I am happy doing what I do for the moment, but I do, you know, I have, again, it's like the, the, those 
slutty new ideas. I, you know, I have a few in my head where I feel like, okay, I've kind of been on back to back deadlines, but when I get some, which I will have this summer, a little bit of breathing room, I might like to explore something different, but we'll stay tuned. (laughs) I mean, we could have a small town paranormal, right? Situation. (laughs) Yes. And I recently, you know, just in my local neighborhood was on the board of the homeowners association. And I thought, oh, I'd really like to do a domestic thriller, like a big little lies type thing around an HOA because there's so much sort of silly shenanigans that happen that don't, don't in like the grand scheme of the world mean anything, but people get very invested in their, when it affects them in their, their house oh yeah speaking with the girl who is currently about to throttle someone on their hoa uh, for parking in front of the house when there is not enough parking space created for the house (laughs) right (laughs) yes and i'm like listen it's okay it's right in front of my house it's not bothering anybody it's not like it's parked there and it's just unseemly um but yeah and um i think they're probably holding my request for the we have to redo the roof and it seems like they're holding that permit um a little bit like so you need the roof redone what about that parking and i'm like i'm gonna have one of my author friends write you and kill you off (laughs) exactly that's what i feel like i'm like i know there is a lot to mine in um you know, I'm sure there's like a Reddit thread for bad <laughs> HOA horror stories. Oh, yeah. I mean, it used to be that they were not that common. Now everything is an HOA, which I mean, from a homeowner perspective, I don't want someone next to me that is doing mechanic work. Right. And there's stuff like that. But there's also things that you're going, really? This is right. going to be the battle? Okay. I'm like, this doesn't happen in my romance books. And this is why I read romance. Okay, bye-bye. Exactly. <laughs> but that's why it would have to be, it couldn't be a romance. It would have to be like a thriller where you, you know, you you killed off the people who yes. you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Diana got out of power permanent really quickly, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. When you're writing the characters and you're having everything of writing down and stuff like that, is, has there been a character that has really kind of like, been very i mean it's not like picking a favorite because i would never ask you to do that but one that stands out that you know for whatever reason that's more endearing to you let's say it that way you know i think i i mean i not to play favorites but of course i always whatever characters i'm working on at the time tend to be my favorite just because they're they're in my head um but that being said i have a a release coming in may called the front porch club and the hair one of the main heroines of that book was sort of the the villain character and she had a very small role like five books previous But when she popped back up as somebody who was like, okay, I'm ready to be redeemed. I was like, no, sit down. You are, (laughs) you know, stay in your lane, girl. And, you know, she just kept, she just kept coming. So it was, I do feel like by the end, I really liked the character. Her name is Annalise because it was like, even for me as a writer, I, I got to redeem a character that I had had no plans to redeem when I first wrote her. And so, you know, the sort of the process by which she kind of hit rock bottom and then had to to come back up and she's a mother and a single mother. And, you know, I found, I feel like she's going to hold a special place in my heart because she surprised me in a lot of ways. Love when that happens. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah. When it's a pleasant surprise, especially. Well, that is true. I mean, can you imagine the, the opposite? You're you're loving the character in book one and, and as it progressed, but then all of a sudden they're they're the bad guy or the you know, there's no redeeming them and you're going, Really? I liked you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. When you decide to have your titles in audio. You know, I um I mean, I am a 
big audiobook. I love listening to audiobooks and it the funny thing is as a as an author and as a working author, I feel like I have so much less time to read because you know, even at night, if I'm if I'm writing the new words during the day, then at night it's editing. And but um, I live in Colorado. I have dogs. I love to walk. Um, I always have a story, you know, an audiobook going. So it it you know that had always been a dream of mine. And so when the publisher, you know, said would they were going to take this series and and put it into audiobook I was just thrilled because I felt like it would open it up open these stories up to new readers discovering them you know through through listening yeah with everything that's been going on audiobooks I think have definitely it's, it's been on a trajectory upward for year for the past maybe six years or so but, but especially during the pandemic because people were doing, I think, a little bit more of being on the outdoors because you don't have to people so much. <laughs> right. Right. Or because you were home, you, you're like, oh, I got to do this, 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 and this. But I'm like, but I really want to read a book. And you're going, right. oh, audiobook. It definitely allows for a multitasking to occur. Though I will say that there's been times while you're sitting in front of the you know, Excel spreadsheets and you're not moving or typing and either because it's a steamy scene or something or, or, suspenseful or you're in the cubicle world and you start laughing all by yourself (laughs) (laughs) and I got yeah and I guested at a um I had a book club that read one of my books and I I came they were local so I I came and met with them when they discussed it and a couple of them had listened to it and it was interesting there was a little girl character in the book and the people who had read the, and and I meant her to be sort of bratty at the start of it. That was for sure. I I pictured her as someone sassy, but the people who had read the book didn't get that. Like they, you know, they just thought she was kind of sweet. Whereas because of the way the narrator, you know, the inflection of the voice, the people who listened to it were like, oh no, she was you know, mm-hmm. she was extra. So <laughs> I I think that's fun. But one of the women had, you know, like played a little bit at, because she listens, because she listens to so many audiobooks. And she said, I listen to everything in 1.5 speed, except a sex scene. And then I push that back to regular speed. So <laughs> I can... Well, see, 1.5 is not that fast i think the 1.5 is it's you can sometimes barely tell depending on the narration because also if it's recorded fast uh it's going to be a lot faster versus if a lot of times with traditional publishing it goes a little bit slower and you're going yes let's go people we got stuff to do um i personally don't like speeding it up any more than the 1.5 because a they start something like chick months and that's just not sexy <laughs> And yeah, Alvin and the Chipmunks on my earbuds. No, mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, and then at the same time, some of those inflections or that, especially that that sarcasm, can be missed because it's going so fast. Because sarcasm is, it could be anything. It could be a quick whip. It could be like, no, really, hmm. And so those when the narrators are performing it, and that's a regular speed, you can kind of hear that a lot better than if you're Speedy Gonzalezing it. Um, but I mean. Slowing down for a sex scene. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I was like, people, yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. Like. <laughs> I get it. I understand. I know people that fast forward through them as well. So it works either right. way, whatever is either your comfort way. level. Yes. Exactly. exactly. But yeah, when narrators are, are on it though, and you know, they're, they're getting the characters, especially like little kids and they pick up on, on what the author is saying as far as the characters. It's, it's, it's for me, it's like magical. Yes. Yeah. Do you find yourself kind of knowing now that your books will be in audio in one point or another? Do you find yourself kind of like writing a little bit more for audio? Because it's a little bit different. It is a little bit different, but I don't, you know, I have to say no. But at the same time, I don't write my, when I'm, I might edit 
thinking about audio or how something is going to sound or what a, you know, what a reader is going to think of it or, you know, how that inflection goes. But when I'm like, when I'm really heads down writing, I really am only thinking of honoring the characters and the story and that, but yes, in, when I go back through, you know, I have several passes of, of editing and a lot of times on one of them, I will try to do my best to read most of it myself out loud or, you know, different key scenes. So in that case, I do think I'm, I'm thinking about what it's going to sound like out loud if somebody's listening to it, because that's another thing as a reader, you know, when you listen to books, there are certain books where you're like, oh, okay, I think that would that would play okay as you're reading the lines. But when you hear it, you know, I want it to sound very natural and and conversational and like you're just being swept away in the story as a listener. Yeah, I, I think that's, there's a couple of particular scenes, I, especially lately because of lovely technology. A lot of authors have started adding like texting, even if it's just a brief one, you know, conversation in the story um because now we've talked in texting and in the in the writing with you know reading with your eyeballs you need to know who the hell is texting whom because i as a as someone that can do multiple lines and always be on my side it's in, you know it's important but when you're hearing an audio you know melissa said you know ted said melissa said it, it gets a little tedious <laughs> so, right yeah yeah so that's good. I mean, honestly, I think the only difference, the biggest difference are the tags, you yes. know, like the she says and, and all that fun stuff. And, you know, he growled because that's a that's a popular right. one in romance. Right. He growled. Right. He growled. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I was going like. <laughs> I know. The deep gravelly voice, which, mm-hmm. you know, can sound sexy or it can sound like you know, you've got something caught in your throat. Right. So. I'm like, do you need a cough drop? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I was going through your catalog to kind of look at your books as far as the narrators goes. And I'm seeing a, a common theme here in a particular name of, uh, you know, these are great narrators combination that you've had here. But the one that keeps popping up is Miss Carly Robbins, who is so cool and awesome. And I just love her. You have shared before that you actually get to provide the publisher with at least a list of character, I mean, excuse me, of narrators that you would like. Um, I'm assuming that you really like Carly. <laughs> I do really like Carly. And I think she's done, you know, a great job um, on the two series she's worked on of mine, which are connected. And I really, every time, you know, I'm asked now, especially in that world of Magnolia, I want it to be Carly because I think, you know, she's established and I have several, you know, I, I have, I know a lot of readers who listen to everyone. And I think, I think she does a great job with, you know, her voices. And I think she really gets my voice. And so, you know, where she puts in the humor is where I see the humor, but also that consistency. I love, you know, I because my, because it is, a world where it's a small community. So you may have a character from book one or two who does show up again in book seven or eight, you know, as a minor character. And I think readers love to, I love to revisit those people and kind of get a glimpse into what's going on in their life now. But the great thing about Carly is I know, you know, she knows them. So it it's gonna, she's gonna capture that voice again. Yeah, she's she's been a guest before, and it was a funny moment that stands out for me is because she she narrates under Carly, and she also has a pseudonym. And no, even though she's open, I'm not going to tell y'all, so d- drop it. <laughs> but she said that she she shared that it's been interesting because someone that so she knows you know sometimes you read your reviews or you see it on social media, someone would say, "Hey, I love Carly's voice," and then someone would turn around and say, "But I don't really like the other," you know, not knowing they're one and the same. And I'm going. Well, that's interesting. Oh, um, that is interesting. <laughs> she finds it hilarious. And, <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's, it's almost like that internal secret. I'm like, ha ha, if only you knew. Right. But yeah, no, she's fantastic. She's actually going to be 
with you at Readers Take Denver for the convention that's going on March 30th through April 2nd. What is it about conventions that really that you love? I well, first, let me say I am so excited about this. (laughs) And I am very excited that Carly's going to be there because I haven't met her in person. I mean, I would have, you know, no reason to but but now I do and I can't wait. And I think reader conferences are just they to me, they give me so much energy and like, recharge the well. And I love, I love talking to people. I love, um, you know, I mean, people who read my books with people who read other books, I think, you know, the reading community, and how passionate people feel about the authors they love and about the books they love. It's, you know, it, it's very special. And I think, I missed it. You know, I, I used to do more. This is the first really big one I've done since, you know, before times. And I I just can't wait to to talk to people and to see authors and to, you know, just be in person with people because I think the the reading community and the writing community, we use social media very well because a lot of us, I mean, I'm I consider myself a extroverted introvert I love to talk to people but um, sometimes big you know big big ballrooms or big situations can can give me a little bit of anxiety but um, I, I feel like that's another great thing about getting together with other readers and authors is I know I'm not alone so just you know you can always find somebody to connect with Absolutely. It's, uh, I love it when I see, because it's, it, you can kind of see it happen. And it's almost like that romance moment where the hero has finally realized he was being a dork. Um, <laughs> and she realizes that all she had to do was just ask him instead of assuming, but they're reuniting and they're like, oh, seeing friends that have been friends online for years, but never met in real life is just like, poof, that moment. I'm like, that is too cute. Um, it is it is <laughs> or having the 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 fans um connect with the author for the first time I've, there's been so many from hysterical laughter in good terms like in almost like they were sharing a secret that none of us are privy to to crying because it's meant that you know their stories have meant so much to the reader right. and then sharing it with the author right well and i had a situation it was a signing a few years ago where i had a woman who you know i didn't know came up and she just told me that she had you know had just this health crisis and she happened to pick up one of my books at the start of it and you know she went into pretty good detail about you know the different stages she had and you know what book of mine she was reading at the time and wow talk about a humbling experience I think I cried because I was like oh my gosh I've had that experience as a reader but to be on the other side of it and to know as an author, you know, even if it's one person that you touched, like that is what the whole thing is about. So. Yeah. And there's going to be, um, so there's going to be a multiple, but there's like two for sure. I know three now book signing opportunities with you guys being on panels and as well as some of the, uh, we have a bunch of social events and gatherings. So there's going to be, a lot of opportunities for the readers to sign your book. <laughs> yes, I can't, I, you know, I can't wait. And I can't wait to talk. I mean, I, I try to be respectful of, um, of people's personal boundaries. I am a hugger. So, you know, like free hugs available right here. Um, but <laughs> yes, and I will, I, I will, you know, be love and honored to sign any books. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, people will be uh, will be bringing books and Kindle covers and device covers and pillows and all sorts of goodies to get signed. Um, and there's even a booklet that uh, I know the event is going to be announcing soon to sell that will have all your names on there. And people almost like those like Disney autograph books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> so, yes, I love that. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, there have been it. I know there, you know, I think the great thing about conferences too is a reader can go 
you know, knowing a few authors or having read or being big fans. But I think, you know, I've done this with authors where, you know, I meet them and I'm like, oh, I really like this person. And so now I'm going to check out their books because, you know, so I think that is another, you know, because gosh, we're inundated with so many, you know, so many books and so many, you know, options for things. And you, you do, a lot of people have, have limited time. So for me, if I meet somebody and I'm like, oh, they were funny. Oh, I liked them. Okay. Now I'm going to go pick up, you know, what they write, because I, I feel like if that, if their personality comes through at all on the page, I, this is going to be a, a, a good one for me. Oh yeah. That's been many a times where I've been sitting at a panel and I'm listening and they're pushing the author's personality comes out and they share something about the the story that they're in one of their books. And I'm going, making notes like my book. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or having the conversations at the book signing when you're walking by and the cover catches you, uh, your attention, or there's something like swag because swag can be creative and rather interesting sometimes. And you'd strike up that conversation. There's been plenty of books that are sitting on my shelf on my to be read second pile of you know list and <laughs> but i've i bought them because of supporting the author but because i had that conversation with them at the book signing um when and where i'll get to those books i don't know that list is never ending and keeps growing but i i supported yeah. the author by buying the book <laughs> yes yes i have i have done the same thing as a mm-hmm. reader yeah see so we can't wait to see you in person at that event and the and tickets are still available so if you guys are listening to this and you have not purchased your ticket do so quickly Uh, i think that they're starting to get to that point where they're going to be selling out soon yes please do and one i mean i've i am originally from ohio but i have lived in colorado for three decades i worked on the 16th street mall in downtown denver which is you know very close to where the the Uh, the conference hotel is and the events in Denver is a fun city. There are so many panels and events and opportunities um, to meet authors and other readers at Readers Take Denver. I mean, I think it's going to be just such a fabulous weekend. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to need a vacation afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to recover. <laughs> well, I wonder if you guys as authors, sometimes when you go to these things, you give yourself some buffer time of not only peopling, but having to be on so much that you just need a couple of days to recoup as an intern. Well, you know? and I do think the, the idea of a, of a conference hangover is, is real. I don't know if it's just, I don't know if it's like, I mean, I think it's a little, you know, it is being very, social and on but it's also you're on such a like such a emotional and you know writerly high when you're at these conferences because there's the energy and then you just kind of come back to you know the you, r- real life and it's <laughs> like coming home from vacation where you're like Oh, okay. I'm back. The reality. I'm like, where's the adoration? Where's all the shears and the loving? I got the the fun and the (laughs) dancing and the laughing. And oh my God, I just need to scoop the dog's poop and empty the dishwasher. (laughs) Right? Oh, goodness. I feel you. I totally feel you. One of the things I loved about having these conversations with you guys, as, as, as well as getting to know you better. Um, your personalities are coming out, but also you kind of start wondering how creative you guys are truly. I mean, you write these stories that have some, some of them are like so out there. And then sometimes they're so close to being reality that you're going, are you, are you following me? And one of the things I love is the two truths and a lie where you tell us three things about yourself and we need to figure out which one's the lie. If you're ready. I am ready. All right. So, so what are your three things? My three things are that first, I am definitely a night owl and I have trouble even winding down and going to bed before midnight. My second is that I was almost killed by a famous rock star. And my third is that I love doing laundry. (gasps) Okay. I have to ask the whole laundry thing. You love doing laundry. I'm wondering if that, uh, 
you know, if it is true, which we'll figure this out in a second, if you also the part, is it just the putting things on the machine or actually folding and putting them away? Because that's always a like, OK, it's easy to do laundry stick in the machine, but putting it away. Oh, that takes time. Uh, almost killed by a rock star. Night Owl, specifically after min- for midnight and then lo- loving laundry. Hmm. What do you think? I don't know. You did good. <laughs> <laughs> I always say it's in the details, right? It, it's like it could be the night out, but you're, you know, maybe two o'clock or one o'clock in the morning versus the 12 that you shared. Um, maybe it wasn't a rock star. Maybe you were some more thing else, you know, and the laundry one I'm wondering, though. But that would probably be the truth. <laughs> Is the almost killed by a rock star the lie? No. Oh, OK. That's a story. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that you love doing laundry. No, I oh, love doing I laundry. It. I knew you were <laughs> No, I am embarrassingly to bed early. Like okay. about 8 30. I'm like, oh my oh, god, is bed early. And I don't a lot of times, you know, I'll say to my husband, okay, I'm going back to read. I'm going back to read. I'm not going to sleep at nine o'clock. But then a lot of times I also fall asleep. So I um I get up really early. I okay. wake up just naturally about 5 5 15 a.m so i think i have to go to bed early but um i i i struggle with staying up so well at least you don't have any issues falling asleep right because that would be the worst having because that's what i suffer with is i might say to myself i'll go to bed at a decent time for me maybe about 10 o'clock ish but I don't start that head bobbing of falling asleep until almost like 12 or 1. So I'm like scrolling, scratching off my to-do list. Oh, that's a funny video. So on and so forth. And and then I wake up at like 7, 7.30 the next day. So I'm like, okay. oh, yeah. But it makes sense for you if you're going to go to, I mean, because you're going to bed so much earlier that you wake up earlier. So it's almost yes. like it evens out. You're just shifting yes. the starting the end of it. But um, and so how do you almost get killed by a rock star? So it was, gosh, it was about 10 or 12 years ago now. And we were in, it was Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. We were in Hawaii on Maui and we were actually, um, if anybody listening has seen the white Lotus, um, we weren't at that hotel that they filmed at, but we were on that beach and um, it had just been, you know, like a tropical storm or something. So there were pretty high waves and, we knew we'd seen Steven Tyler all over the place. And it was, I mean, it was long enough ago that he was on American Idol and he had just written a um, autobiography, but, and, you know, so you would, you would see him around, but we were, I was out with my husband and a few other people and we were just like bouncing in the waves, just like hanging out. And he was with some famous surfer maybe kelly slater i don't know but he had some sort of like weird like personal craft that like you could hold on to and it was motorized it was like a jet ski only like you were kind of body surfing on it and he was just tooling all around and i this big wave came up and i turned around and he was and this machine were practically on top of me and i was like oh fuck and I like ducked under the waves and um like tried to get out of the way and he almost landed on me with this machine and he went back to the shore and I was like oh my god my claim to fame is that Steven Tyler almost ran over me but then he like went to shore put the thing away and came back out to apologize and make sure I was okay and um of course I mean it was so dumb. You know, you think you're going to meet somebody famous and be all like cool and collective. And I was like, oh, my God, you smell so good. I love you. I mean, it was so embarrassing. And but, you know, he gave me a hug and God love my husband. He had the waterproof camera out there. And so I got my picture taken with him. And he, you know, he sat and talked to my husband for like 45 minutes, just had a normal conversation where I was just <laughs> like the dumbest fangirl ever but um but yeah now I can I you know we have this funny picture with me looking really goofy with Steven Tyler giving me a big hug so wow worth it yeah I mean 
could have been worse for sure um because i was waiting for him to, to like okay is he gonna be an asshole but he was you know redeemable like some of the heroes right he was he was so mm -hmm. you know he was so nice and again for somebody who's quite a bit i mean i was like gosh you actually smell like a rock star shit like he smelled really good like ah, okay like, <laughs> like some sort of expensive cologne and sex or so i mean it was very it was a whole moment so have you ever thought about people. doing that scene as far as a, like in one of your books you know what i haven't but now that you say it i i might because it 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 was a very meat cute type of scene right if, you yeah. know, if I just have your husband, husband you know swap it and be one of your bffs <laughs> exactly exactly i might do that so and then laundry yes did laundry. you mention laundry i know i like laundry start to finish um oh and I do not like any other household chores, none, which in my house reflects that. But we always have clean laundry because there's something very um, like it's a task you can like. I feel like, you know, if I mop the floor, which I rarely do, then, you know, my animals will just like the dogs come running in with mud on their paws. But for some reason, and I know laundry like just you just keep getting more. But it's so satisfying to me, start to finish, like, okay, towels. And now they're done, and now they're put away, and it's yes. something that just is is good for me. So no. I I do like doing – I mean, I think my, my kids, because I, I don't really do a lot of other, you know, kind house cleaning stuff for them. But I'm like, hey, does anybody need help with their laundry when they, you know, they're teenagers? <laughs> Oh, well, I totally, yeah, I mean, I can relate to that whole repetitive type of task, right? Because you grab, you fold, you put away for a second, you grab, you fold, and then the pile, then you put the pile away. That whole thing with the mopping is the vein of my existence because you do all that work and you're, and you're done and you're having that moment where you just look at the floor and it's gorgeous and it's shimmering and then the dog walks through it. Yes. Or, so, or someone forgets or decides to not just fucking do it. Wipe their feet outside. And now right. they're tracking everything in and you're going, all that time is wasted. And you did right. this for nothing. Right. Whereas That's how I feel like with kitchen counters, like you yes. wipe them down and then somebody, I'm like, do we live in a damn barn here? Like, mm -hmm. how can you people like, are you eating from a trough? Like how yes. do you get stuff all over the place every time? Yeah. So. How many pots and plates do you need to cook the one fucking meal? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah, exactly. I can. Bet. But then when you're taking, a, you know, you're out of the shower, you're going in there and you don't have to um, figure out where the undies are or have to figure out where that favorite shirt is because it's where it's supposed to be. <laughs> yes, you have some. And I will say I um, I do now in the past couple of years, um, I've developed some, you know, sort of some chronic like issues from sitting at my desk for so mm -hmm. long. Um, and so I. I do a hybrid of um, typing and dictating words. And, you know, so I will do a ton of laundry, throw it all on the bed and then do a big dictation session, just mm. folding laundry. Cause it is so mindless yes. that I can just, you know, sort of lose myself in the story. But at the end of, at the end of my sprint, I've, you know, I've got a thousand words and I've got folded laundry. So yes. <laughs> it's definitely a task where you can kind of like lose and, and it's okay to space out in that other task of dictating driving yes. for an example would not be one of those tasks. Um, and, but yeah, the satisfaction of the laundry, I think it's of all that it's one of my favorite too, as far as that whole like folding thing. Not that I love doing laundry like you do, but if I had to choose <laughs> <laughs> right yes uh, on the on the wheel of hell house chores mm -hmm. laundry yes. is yeah because i mean I, I you know from my perspective too like i fixed our pantry so many fucking times <laughs> <laughs> that you can grab anything you can see everything and you then you open the, i mean that was like and it takes hours folks hours to organize something like that and the next day something's not where it's supposed to be you can't right. find the one thing and you're like i'm done. or the bane of my existence you go to get the one thing yes and instead you find an empty box where yes. that one thing is and you're like oh my god 
how hard is it to take the box out and throw it in recycling? So, oh, oh, yeah, that would be, <laughs> yeah, we could probably do an entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's you a know? different podcast. Yeah, yes. right. <laughs> right. One of those like Romans, authors, and readers. Mm, one yes. of the many things in common. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. So if any readers are out there and you are coming to Readers Take Denver mm-hmm. and you feel like you're not sure what to say to an author, just come up to me and we will talk housework and books too. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the reasons why I love doing these kind of episodes where I connect with the, the events and because it is, it's, you know, you were talking about it before. It could be very nerving, you know, and, and people that have anxieties or imposter syndrome and just going up to a complete stranger and saying hi. And then on the opposite scale for you guys, you know, having to be on and and promoting and pimping your book and hoping that someone buys it just instead of any of that is like, so you're the one that likes to do laundry. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yes. I mean, I obviously I love when people yes. buy my book However, I also like to just connect with people. It's a fun, you know, I don't get to do that very much here in my house. So, I mean, I'm connecting with my cats and dogs and that's, that's it. So. No. Yeah. And again, with all these other events that we're having at it, I mean, during the martini party or during one of the DJ parties. So do you fold the jeans up in front or underneath? Because <laughs> I think I'm an overfolder, like the toilet paper, like it oh. has to go over. So. Over, okay, yeah, <laughs> understood. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, there's some again, completely, totally new episode. We might have to do one of those <laughs> in life. <laughs> there you go. So, with being a writer, you're constantly surrounded by the words that are in your head, that are in front of you. The ones that you're dictating. Do you have a favorite word? Separate part of the question about the curse word, so it's different. Um. um <laughs> my and i don't know that i even use this very often in my my writing but i think just a fun word to say is serendipity that is a fun word and it has a great meaning too Mm -hmm. which is nice so that would that would be my one of my favorite words is serendipity Mm -hmm. or serendipitous it's just it sounds so happy it does. It sounds happy, but at the same time, it's there's like that meaning behind it. It's it's yeah. very yes. That's a good word. All right. So, what's your favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> Even how 100%. she said it. Did you listen to that, folks? <laughs> <laughs> and I do not. Um, and it's just I have I um, you know, I've written for a couple different publishers, and I have books, you know, that that range in in sweetness and in explicitness. And in the in the in the books that I'm writing currently, I don't cuss a lot in the in the books, which is interesting for me because I cuss like a sailor in my real life. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it has forced me to become more creative in how I you know, express emotion, but yeah, I, it's probably a problem how much I use that word in my real life. So. Well, this entire episode, you have not said a, nothing has like curse word wise come out of your mouth. So I was like, I was wondering, I'm like, Hmm, are you one of those authors that can really write it down on paper, but does not speak it. And now you're, you're yeah. sharing that you are, uh, <laughs> I'm more the opposite. Yeah. Where I speak it a lot more than I, um, than I, than I write it. So, yeah. Yeah. But that is definitely a good, uh, fuck is definitely a good wording. I mean, I, I think there are just some, there are just sometimes where nothing else will do. So, <laughs> and, and the, it, it's such versatile, right good yes. bad scenarios it could be a complete sentence on all its own uh, yes. <laughs> behind yes. yeah so many good yes. and this is like this is a hugely embarrassing like reveal for me but mm. i um i <laughs> i give my two dogs were, uh, voices you know we do voices for our dogs where they kind of speak back to us and it um you know my husband's like you you are a nut but I'm like you like it it makes you laugh the whole time and both of my dogs cuss like sailors too so <laughs> oh my goodness okay don't feel bad uh, or weird or anything like that a lot of us do that okay um and me myself included um Nico is a pit mix 
And but he also has a bit of like he stands up really straight. So you would think maybe a British, but no, because of the pit mix and that I named him after um one of the characters in Adrian Laura's books, and he is a vampire. And but a the <laughs> the weapons expert, and he likes to make things go boom and also Russian. So when I when I'm looking at Nico and he's looking at me, I'm like, do you hear what I'm talking about? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes. And you know. Darcy, who's one of my our, our cats, is a girl. And so for her, while again, she may have that prim and properness, but she's the first one to roll over on her stuff, you know, on her back and like, pet me, grow me. Let's right. So yeah, so you're not the only one that does it. Okay, um, good. Yeah. Good, thank you. That would definitely be a fun, you know, reel though. I would love to see what your talk your dog sound like <laughs> in your head. <laughs> Take a bit, show me our readers. <laughs> But, you know, a lot of people I know do it. Um, so, yeah, no, no shame in that. It's fun. You know, it's always interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. You give them their, you know, they become our furry family. So, yeah, no, absolutely. So before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you? I would love to. I am currently working on the Christmas release um, for 2023 so it is called the christmas cabin and it is a second chance story set at an old summer camp that's about to be torn down and the the hero is the guy tearing it down and his first love comes back and she makes a play to save it so that will be out at the end of november and it's actually it's kind of weird to be writing Christmas after Christmas but I do keep up a little Christmas tree in my office (laughs) and it's so wintry in Colorado that it um it is kind of giving me the Christmas vibes and my next release is the front porch club which is um, a very beachy read and comes out at the end of of May also set in Magnolia North Carolina nice yeah it's always interesting that you guys are writing sometimes so far in advance you're already christmas basically was just like a few months like what two months ago not even some people still have their christmas trees up like my next door neighbor um but it's it's such a fun holiday but now you're writing it for next for this year you're going okay you kind of have to be festive and yeah so those two are going to be fun books i always love it when the hero is meant to tear something down and the heroine is meant to save it yes it, it, and you know and they they were married when they were very young and mm. got divorced and so they haven't seen each other in a while and she has a daughter it's that it's i think it'll be i think readers will enjoy it. it'll be fun and a lot of a lot of cute i do love writing holiday romance because i think it just lends itself to so many you know, cute little traditions and scenes, but also all the kind of emotions and you believe in the magic of Christmas. So it's fun. Yeah. And those when those characters are they've had a previous relationship or they've been married and now, you know, things happen and now they're reconnecting, having them kind of have some of those like you know, secrets among themselves, right? Or, you know, like, oh you are you still doing that? Right. <laughs> People can totally relate to to that. It's always cute. And sometimes those bats are adorable and other things are not so adorable. (laughs) Very true. Very true. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me and hang out. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I've loved chatting with you and getting to know you a little more. Thanks. If you're not following Michelle on social media, I will be including all of her links, including websites and newsletter and all that fun stuff for you guys over at the landing page of this episode at Viviana Enchantress the book so you guys don't have to go hunting for it and everyone thanks for listening and until next time happy listenings thank you to all of our audiobook loving podcast Patreon special thanks to Nixley Zenner Carol Liebner Brittany Robinette Leiter Don Darch Michelle Bastard Brandy Schmidt April Branson The Audiobook Loving Podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive benefits including early access to episodes, shoutouts, special exclusive content, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobookloving. We thank you for your support.
Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' Podcast, hosted by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, vivianaenchantressofbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.